Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. understand what God is trying to say to us in the Bible. We need to look at the context before and after the verse. And then you need to begin to interpret Scripture with Scripture, and then you apply it. So if I do that to the San Antonio Spurs, I, I look at the context. Man, we do win a lot, but we don't win every year, right? And then I look at us to compare to other teams. I'm like, oh yeah, we're better than those teams, but these teams are better. That's not good. But then I apply it, and the application is this. You know, we may not win this year, but it's going to be awesome, and I sure hope we do. Right? That's, that's how I interpret this verse. Anybody else? You can do this with any area of your life, but when we do it with the Word, we see these truths that we're interpreting and what they mean for us, and, and they're, not, they're never changing truths. God is constant. Y'all know that verse, God is constant. If he is constant and consistent, that means he doesn't change, right? And how many of you know that's good? 
It's good to have a father who's not always changing in every circumstance. If only we could have fathers like that. If only we could be married to somebody like that, but you don't know what you're going to get the next day. Woo! I thought you were like this, but now you're like that. God's not like that. God is consistent, and he's constant, and he's faithful, and he's true. And so when we look at his word that's written, we see the faithfulness and trueness of God, and it'll actually, actually be so much beneficial if we look at what he's saying. So today our scripture of Twisted is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Let's say it together. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Let's try one more time because I did not set you up well at all. Ready? Let's go. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Anybody that's your, your verse, right? You got it tatted. It's on your walls. It's, it's filling the Etsy stores. It's, it's a huge verse. In fact, this verse is the, one of the most quoted verses by Christians, right? We love this verse. It makes us feel so good. Like, man, I know the plans I have you for in you, declares the Lord. And so what we do is we practice a, a, what we call a theology. Uh, we, we practice this idea of iso-Jesus. When we start putting ourselves in the text. Now, now. We do this all the time. We put ourselves in the story. We put ourselves in there because it's awesome when you do that. Like when I watch the Spurs when I'm young, all of a sudden I'm the best NBA player. I am Kawhi Leonard. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm dunking on my brother. I'm like, Rah! right? Anybody else? Or, or Kung Fu movies. This was really big around three boys who are like two years apart in peace. We, we watch Kung Fu movies. All of a sudden I become Bruce Lee. And I leave the headband on and I won't take it off. Because I am the Kung Fu King. I'm the only one who does that. Hey, y'all need to get out more. Seriously. Okay, I'm just kidding. So for me, it's like when I read the Bible, I practice ISO Jesus. I put myself in the scripture. And all of a sudden, I'm like, that is my verse. For I know the plans I have for you. Ben declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Woo! Yes, Lord, that's my verse. I'm going to be rich, and I'm never going to get sick, and I'm never going to die. I'm the only one who thinks that. But that's what we do. We, we begin to read this verse, and we say this verse to people, and what happens is we say it out of context, and then when somebody gets sick, or somebody loses their job, or, or prosperity is not how they thought prosperity would be, then all of a sudden... They don't believe that God is good. They quit trusting in Him. And they have nothing to do with Luminous Church or their community group or anybody who claims that God is good. And that's what we've done. And we've made space in here today to leave room for you to explore who Jesus really is. And what I explain to you that, that God is good. But as we read the scripture in context, we realize it's going to be some harm. And the prosperity that you thought in your Western world, in your comfort mansions, and your Bentleys, and everything else, that world is not true for everyone. So, so did God just write this verse for American Christianity? Or is this verse timeless and can be spoken to the far corners of the earth? 
of the riches of rich and the poorest of poor, would this verse be applicable? Would it have some meaning? Would this scripture, this God, be applicable? And if this message today can't be preached there, it shouldn't be preached anywhere. So that's why we're coming this morning to you with Jeremiah 29, 11. So before you get all mad and throw out your verse, I'm going to believe that this verse will have great meaning for you. First off, Jeremiah 29.1. Let's back up. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles. And to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So here, who's writing this? Jeremiah. And who is he writing it to? The Jewish people, right, who are carried into exile. And he's saying, hey, you are becoming slaves and you're about to go into exile and you're going away and it's doom and gloom. And I'm writing it to the elders and the prophets and the priests and all the people that they will know they will be in exile. For 70 years. Oh man, this is not comforting. This is not good. And yet, this is the same chapter we find Jeremiah 29 11. I'm writing to you as a people in exile that are not very prosperous right now, that can really just feel sorry for themselves. So, what does it mean? plans to prosper you, that he's with you and not against you. Well, in Proverbs 28, one of the reasons Jeremiah was writing this is because a prophet named Hananiah came along. And how many know during a bad season, all you want to do is cheer somebody up? Right? Like, I, I love it. I try to empathize with people, but sometimes you don't just have any good words to say. So maybe they're going through a circumstance where they lost a job or they lost a loved one or, or something difficult happened. Maybe they find themselves still single and they're ready to be married. Maybe they find themselves in a, in a forever career of school and they wonder if it's ever going to end. And, and so you begin just to say stuff to make them feel better. And if you do that, then they put hope and faith in you. And, and man, you are so awesome. So Hananiah was doing this as the Jewish people were being taken to Babylon. Hananiah was saying, hey, this is only going to last two years. And then we'll be released and prosperity and peace will come back to us. And it's going to be amazing. Two years. Jeremiah goes, Hananiah, prophet Hananiah, that's great news. That's Really good, man. I, I, man, blessed is the prophet who gives this kind of news of peace. But what about the prophet who says this and it doesn't happen? We probably shouldn't have said it. And so Hananiah says this. And then Jeremiah hears from the Lord and the Lord said, Hananiah is wrong. He's lying. He is a false prophet. He's saying things just so that his ears would be tickled and he would be elevated. Seven months later, the craziest drama of the Bible, one of them, Hananiah dies seven months later. Because, you know, God's pretty serious when people speak for him on his behalf. There's a lot of weight. So then Jeremiah writes this verse and he just basically says, Hey, Hananiah was bringing 
false good news. False good news. We've heard false good news, right? You've heard false good news. If you, if you do all this, then you'll get all of that. Have you ever heard that? If you give all of this, well, then you're going to get all of that. And our skew and our belief of prosperity is one from a Western mindset. Believing that prosperity is only riches and wealth and fame. We, we've heard the false good news all the time. The false good news that your victory is coming. But what if it's not? What, what, if, what do you tell the person who's dying of malaria because they couldn't afford a $10 mosquito net? What do you, what do you tell the person whose baby has a birth defect because they had the Zika virus? And the thousands and tens of thousands of people that's happening to in Latin America. Do you tell them? Jeremiah 29, 11, God's not going to harm you. He's going to prosper you. Well, that would be false. You see, this scripture is for a specific nation. But there's some truths that we can see in it. The, the thing that I want to be transparent on, and I know this is hard to wrestle with and very challenging for me to preach, but when we, as Luminous Church, we believe that we're going to reach the campus, community, and the world. And so we've gone to the campus. We're going to the community. And we've been to the world. And when we go to the world, when we go to a third world country like I did in 2009, South Africa, am I coming in as the Western superhero to save the day? I have the true gospel that you need. Well, when I found myself doing that, because we often do, and, and I'll just be transparent. We will all, at some point, practice ISO Jesus. We're all, at some point, going to put ourselves in the story. It's what we do. It's our natural tendency. So when I go to South Africa, I'm going to be the superhero. I'm going to go and help. And as I step into the townships, where their, their average wage is $10 a day. And, and to me, very on the outside, outwardly, man, these people are not prosperous. These people are, are dreadful. There's destruction. And there really is some diseases and stuff happening. But am I coming in and preaching the message? Hey, God's going to prosper you. He's not going to harm you. Well, can you tell my brother who's dying of AIDS right now? So, so would I preach the same gospel here as I would there, as I would there, here, that God absolutely loves you, and when we go and we are sent around the world, what is the message that we're going with? Oh, we know this, the Christian life is not easy, is it? Following Jesus is like one of the most difficult things that you will ever do because God is absolutely good and we're absolutely not and we're messed up and we're in a fallen world and we are going to die and it is Second <laughs> Timothy 3.12 In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. How many ready to get persecuted this week? Woo, glad I signed up for Luminous Church. Here I go. I'm going to get persecuted. It's going to be awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for my persecution. 
Philippians 1.29, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for Him. Jesus, I really have to suffer for you. That's not fun. I just, I want, I want to hear the good story. I want, I want to come back next Sunday. Next Sunday's message is going to be better. Right? It's going to be more positive. The, the good news is that God doesn't save us from our trials. God doesn't necessarily save you from your suffering. God saves us from our sin. And that is good news. It's great news because when he saves us from our sin, then we can be reconciled to the Father. And while we're reconciled with him, life begins to make sense. When we're reconciled to him, life becomes great. When we're reconciled to him, then, then when there is suffering and there is trials and there is all this, that there is a comforter who will comfort in your time of need. Is what the Holy Spirit says. I will come to you. So, so the world may not know him like I know him. The, the world may be distant from him. The, the world may not be comforted by him. The world may be mourning and freaked out in an election year when you're like, who are we voting for? Have no idea. Right? When, when the world is going crazy, life is peaceful for us. Because when you're reconciled to the Father, it's peace. And it's good. But it may not be completely prosperous as the world knows prosperity. And Jeremiah 29.10, right before 11, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise <coughs> to bring you back to his place. I'm going to fulfill this. 70 years later, when 70 years are completed. Who's he writing this to? The elders. Guess what? They're old. Will they be around when the promise happens? No. So they're not even going to be alive for this promise to their nation. And yet God is speaking to them. This is crazy. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Just because this isn't directly to us doesn't mean there aren't some truths in it. Right? We know the principle of sowing and reaping. And as we sow, we will also reap. To what benefit do we reap? I don't know. To where you are provided for. Just like Austin said. If God is a provider, then he's also going to provide for his children. And he knows your desires and what you need and all those things. But we do know this. There are some truths. And there is still hope. And we believe that just because you may have cancer and it may not go well for you, that God still heals. And he still does signs. And he still does wonders. wonders and he still does miracles. And God is still up to something on the earth and intervening. Like we know this, right? So, so, so there are some truths in here. 
And we don't need to lose hope. And the truth is, if you're not dead, you're not done. God wants to still use you and do something through you. But, but the general promise that we find in this specific promise is right after verse 11. That's why we don't stop at verse 11. But verse 11 often, often will point us to verse 12, 13, and 14, which is really good news. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. How good is this? So we have a specific promise to a specific people, to a specific nation. But then we see a general promise right after that, which is the best promise that you and I could ever have. And that's this. Knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. And what you find will be the greatest thing that you have ever desired and that your heart has ever longed for. The greatest thing and the greatest one. You will find the Lord. Seek Him and you will find Him. I love this verse because over the last two years at Luminous Church, we've made space where you could belong here before you even believe. And we have invited people and we've seen them seeking and knocking. And we know that they came in and there has been harm. And it hasn't been as prosperous as they thought it would be. And there's all these difficulties and all these challenges and all these trials. But they've been seeking God. And God's shown up. What I love about this promise is that God is faithful. So before you throw away your 2911 scriptures on the wall and get your tattoo removed and all those things use it for an opportunity to point people to 12 13 and 14 use it as an opportunity to say yes god loves that nation and cares about that nation but let me tell you he cares so much more uh, maybe not more but he cares so much about you he cares so much about you because look in 12, 13, 14, because when everything seems hopeless and lost, it's not. God is right around the corner waiting for you. Such a great promise for all of his children, every person in this room. And it's the same promise that I can go to China to Heinen, when we're doing a children's camp and I see kids who don't look prosperous, who may have disease, I say, Jesus loves you. Knock, knock and watch him come into your heart and save you. That's why when I say the best is yet to come, because better is a thousand days. One day in his court than thousands. That's right. One day in his presence is better than any other place. 
So we present the gospel, the good news that Jesus became man and he walked this earth and he lived a life that you and I couldn't live, a life of perfection, a life without sin, a life that's so amazing. And he lived this life up until the day he was on the cross where he gave his life for our life. Three days he was buried then he rose from the grave, proving that he is the son of God, giving hope for you and me and making a way for this dead man to come to life through Christ to be reconciled to the Father. It's what we have to do as parents with our children. That we can give them an understanding of who God is. And we can't preach a false good news. A false gospel. As I was reading through this one more time this morning, I, I love verse 5 through 9. I love verse 5 through 9 because oftentimes we stop living. Right? Because we, we hear Jeremiah 29, 11, and God's going to make you prosper. So you end up giving, giving, giving your money away, just waiting for that job to come, waiting for that prosperity to come, waiting for good fortune to come to you, waiting for genie Jesus to come and grant your wish. That's what you wait for. But, but what I love about Jeremiah 29, 5, he says this, hey, hey, you're in exile. You're in a depraved land. You're in a land that I didn't create for you. And in this season of life, don't quit living. I love this because he tells the people this. He says, don't quit living. In fact, he says, get married. Have children. Work the land. Keep living life. And if I would take that to us, I'd realize that, hey, we could be in a season of exile. We could be in a hard season. You could be in a season where you just don't feel totally great. Don't stop living. Don't stop living. Isn't that what the Lord would say? Don't stop living. Keep hoping. Let hope be your anchor. Hope of Jesus Christ. Let that be your anchor and hold you to. And, and get married and be fruitful. And he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And, and work hard and get that job. And, and sow where you are, where you're planted. And all those things. I, I believe that. That's such a good, good scripture observation for me this morning. If you would stand with me. I will say this as we stand. When you look at scripture and you start this exegesis process where you um, take scripture out and you start weighing it and putting it into context. And you start looking at the true meaning of scripture. Sometimes it messes with you. Wait, I thought it meant one thing, but now you're saying it means something else. And, and there's this wrestling match going on in your in your mind and your soul. Like, okay, well, is God going to make me prosper? Is God going to bless me? Is God going to heal me? 
God is so faithful. And he loves you and he's for you. He's going to bless you. And I don't know what blessing looks like, but I know if the Father blesses, it's good. I know God, I so believe God desires your healing. I don't know what that looks like. He, he wants people to get healed. He has healed so many people. And yet if he doesn't, he's still good. But I'm not going to give up on the healing because he may not. So, so practical example. Spurs were the champions in 2014. 2015, 2016, they weren't. Guess what? I'm wearing a Spurs jersey this year. I, I still believe they're going to win. They're going to do awesome, right? I'm still, I'm still going for them. And, and I think that's the thing. It's like sometimes you still have to like, man, let's root it on. Let's, let's be positive. Let's go. Let's, Jesus is awesome. He's faithful. He's so awesome. So let's believe in this miracle. Let's believe in this sign. Let's believe in this wonder. But even if, even if it doesn't win how I think it's supposed to win, he's already won. Jesus has already won, which is the greatest championship ever. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. God, you have used Jeremiah 29, 11 to reach so many people. So many people have found themselves in 12, 13, and 14, and they, they sought you and they found you, and you have revealed yourself to them, and you have adopted them, and you've, you are bringing in sons and daughters into the house, and it's so amazing. And Father, where there is harm, Lord, we do pray for a miracle. We do pray that you would move heaven, and that you would show up, and that you would heal God, for those who are without work, we do pray that you'll show up and that you provide a job. Lord, our faith is for that. But our faith is in you. And God, no matter how many times it doesn't work how we think it's going to work, which is almost every time, you're good and we read this word I thank you that you were faithful to return the Jewish people back Father that you were faithful over and over again in your promises I believe there are specific promises for people in here Lord you'll be faithful you always have in Jesus name you need prayer for anything, anything on your way out. Come get prayer. Be encouraged today. See you next week. Or Tuesday. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.